Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. I want to talk to you this morning uh, about ministering to the Lord. And uh, I, I really feel like this is, um, it's something that's very important, but it's also something that's greatly forgotten at the same time uh, in the church. And uh, this kind of, I think it was about maybe a month ago, maybe a month and a half, uh, Jill was up um, doing the service and the opening and the offering and things and she was taught she mentioned about ministering to the lord and uh then uh last week uh during our time of worship in the service uh it to me it felt like that's what was taking place um there wasn't a lot of uh um wasn't a lot of emotion involved there wasn't a lot of people uh with an agenda or, you know, or, or there wasn't a lot of needs being presented. And there also wasn't a lot of people who were, there was nobody, you know, running around or getting excited about things, but it seemed like uh, genuinely like people were pouring their hearts out. Um, is it, is this something for me now? Oh, hold on. We'll get back to this in a second. And I missed another one too. Oh, thank you, Amber. Okay, right now the family's asking that uh, no one go by or call Mr. Hall, which is Ramona's father, as well as uh, her brother Randy or Wes. Um, any calls can be made to Wesley and Jessica right now, but uh, just give them some time to process all this because it was so unexpected. So sorry, I should have checked that sooner. You never know when this thing starts buzzing in your pocket what it really is, though, but... But uh, last week during the service, it was just like there was a time of where uh, it became all about him. And that's what it should be because uh, we should minister to the Lord. And that's what seemed like was going on instead of just, a, a, you know, um, uh, a normal worship setting, which uh, that should be the normal worship setting. But but it just seemed like we had reached that place last week where uh, it was all about ministering to God. And that's really what I want my focus to be. Uh, I want to focus on ministering to the Lord, and I want that to be the focus for the church and for uh, everyone here. And so I'm just going to share a few thoughts on that today because ministering to the Lord is just that important. And uh, it, it's something that we all uh, should focus on, but many times we just get caught up in so many uh, other things. And, and there are different ways that we can minister to the Lord. Um, we can minister to Him through the way uh, by ministering to those that He loves, by ministering to others, we can minister to the Lord with our giving, our tithes, our offerings, our service. Uh, and we can minister to the Lord by offering praise and worship, which is uh, what I want to mainly focus on today on that aspect. 
And so we have to remember uh, what our first obligation is in our relationship to God. And you can ask different people and get all kinds of different answers. But, um, of course, everybody thinks their answer is right, so I'm going to tell you mine is right. Our number one obligation in our relationship with the Lord is love. Everything else, if it's not done out of a heart of love, it's not going, it's not going to be genuine. It's not going to be uh, effective. Our number one obligation with God is love. See, too many times we start to center our attention on uh, ministries, having a successful ministry, on giftings, uh, on having things in a proper order the way we think things are supposed to happen, on, on programs, on having influence and different services. And all those things have their place and all those things are they're, they're good, but we center our attention sometimes on everything but Him. We, when you think about it, we all want God to focus on us. If you, if you don't, something's not right with you. I want him to focus on me. I want him to know what's going on in my life. I want his help with what I'm dealing with, what I'm going through. I want his everything about that. But see, we want him to focus on us, but are we focused on him? I mean, have you really thought about it? When, when all the stuff that you're going on and you're praying about and maybe you're crying out about, maybe it's really bad. But when is the last time that you know that you just turned all of your attention toward him? But many times we don't do it. You see, he, he created us not only so we could give ourselves to him, but he also created us that he might give himself to us. In Genesis 3 verse 8, it talks about how God came down to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden and to, and to talk with them and spend time with them. And it's funny that he came down. He didn't make Adam and Eve go up. He came to where they were at. God went out of his way to come down and spend time with them. So he desires to know us and spend time with us that same way. See, if we would just begin to minister to the Lord, we would see that he's still ready to fellowship with us. So he created us with the capacity to receive him. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. But he did. God wants a people for himself who will minister to him and a people to whom he can give himself. And see, we always talk about worship bringing us into His presence, but we have to realize it also brings His presence into us. That's why it's so powerful. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, we read about the temple of Solomon um, and it was how it was finished and the elders of Israel gathered and the Ark of, of the Covenant, was the Ark of God was brought into the temple of the Levites. And, and uh, when this happened, but the glory of God didn't come down. It says that they did uh, innumerable sacrifices were offered there that day, but the glory of God did not come down. It was not until we know that the, what it says, the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking God that the glory of God came down. And then it says toward the end of uh, verse 13 and beginning of 14 it says for that, that the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. It was not when they built the temple. That's not when it happened. It was not when they offered the sacrifices. And, and I'm all for all of those things. I believe that we should build the, whatever you have the money to build should be how nice the building is. I'm not one of these that get caught up looking at a fancy church and say, man, they wasted a lot of money on that. Wait, if it's for the Lord, waste every bit you got. I don't, do it as nice as, you, as he's blessed you to do it is how I believe you should do it. But that's not what brought the glory down. And it wasn't even all the sacrifices. It was when they praised and worshiped God that the glory of the Lord came down. 
And we focus so much on everything else, but we forget about our praise and our worship to Him. When we worship, we're actually giving ourselves to Him. And He in turn gives, him, gives Himself to us. And that's really what we're after anyways. But it seems like we go every other direction except for the simple one that we've been given. And now as amazing as all this sounds about God giving Himself to us and experiencing His presence and His greatness, this is not the reason why we, why we worship the Lord. This is not the reason why we should minister to God. Yes, when we worship Him, He's so awesome, He's so good that He gives back. We get to experience Him. We get to have an encounter with Him. But that's not the reason we should worship Him. The reason we should worship Him is Revelation 4, verse 11, where it says, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. See, we should worship God, or we, we do worship God, because He's worthy. He's worthy to receive. It's just that simple. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter what you think. He's worthy. He's worthy to receive glory from us. He's worthy to receive honor from us. And so, so many times we are, we're only interested in what we can receive from Him. That's usually what we're thinking about. But we forget about what He should be receiving from us. See, our prayer, our worship, when we, when we come together, it should not just be a cry of, of bless me, O Lord. But our heart's cry should be, bless the Lord, O my soul, like David did in Psalms 103. That should be what we're after. See, too often we approach God only to see what we can get or just to ask for things. And we are supposed to go to Him for things. We've talked about that for two weeks, about uh, Jesus saying, Ask the Father in my name and you shall receive that your joy may be full. We're, we're supposed to ask for things. But that should not be the only reason we go to Him. That should not be our focus. See, so many times we go to Him and we're just asking for things. That's all we're thinking about is what we need. And God is probably there saying, if you would just, just stop and worship me, if you would just come and, and just let your focus be ministering to me, spending time with me, then every prayer that I would place in your heart would be answered. Everything that you're looking for, everything that you're asking for, everything else would just, would just follow if you would just come and seek me first, worship me first. See, as ministers, as we minister to the Lord... And we uh, soak ourselves in His presence, I guess is the way, way to say it. We come to a place where He is the reward. There's so many people, when it's all these other things, that's the reward. And then they wonder why they're never satisfied. He is the reward, and He will always satisfy. See, our reward is not things. It's not possessions. It's not ministries. It's not healings and miracles. It's not financial prosperity. It's not fame. It's not any of those things. Our reward is God. He is the reward. And He's the greatest reward that we could ever receive. And see, we worry so much about doing ministry. and um, I'm telling you, our ministry to men must flow from our ministry to God in order for it to be effective. It's just how it is. Some may be a little more successful than others at doing it on your own, but doing it on your own gets old real quick. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of work to be done. This is in no way a message that is saying it's okay to be lazy. I'm totally against being lazy. I believe if your worship is where it's supposed to be, then your motivation and your work will be where it's supposed to be uh, as well. It will follow. There's a lot of work to be done. But when we put the work before worship, we're going to burn out and we're not going to accomplish very much. 
You can probably think of people right now that, man, they, they were working so hard, but they're not here today. And I'm not saying that they didn't worship at all, but I'm just saying what was the focus? Was the focus on ministering to the Lord or was the focus on getting everything done? There's a lot to get done, but the number one priority has got to always be Him, and He's the one who helps us. See, because the flesh is going to keep driving you to do more and more. The, the religion's going to keep telling you you've got to do more. Do, 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 do. Keep doing, keep doing. But that's not what God says. God says, rest in me. Wait upon me. Abide in me. And when it comes time, I'll, I'll lead you. I'll direct you in the service or in the work that I have for you to do. But see, too often we just can't be still. I have that problem all the time. I know, I know a lot of you do, do as well. It's hard to get still, especially with as busy as everything is, especially when these are buzzing in our pockets all day. By the time you, by the time you decide to try and get still, this thing goes crazy. No matter whether it's spending time with the Lord or spending time with your family, there's always, there's always something. But there's a, there's a beautiful image that I want to share with you from Song of Solomon, or depending on what version you're reading, it could be Song of Songs, but it's in chapter 7, verse 4. And in this, this is symbolizing Jesus speaking to the church, His bride. And it, and it says there, uh, in one part it says, Your eyes are like the sparkling pools of Heshbon. Now, this kind of got me to thinking. And when you think about the church, God has lots of rivers and streams. And He has lots of oceans and crashing waterfalls. But does He have many pools? And what I mean by that is there are a lot of people who jump up and down and run all around and do all kinds of things, and I'm all for that. The crazier the service, the better for me. I, it doesn't, that doesn't bother me at all. I'm all for any way you want to express yourself when it comes to worshiping God. But are we willing to be still and wait upon Him and focus on Him? Even when all those other things are happening, is there a time where you're just being still with Him? So you have to think about what a pool does. A pool reflects. A pool of water reflects. And as believers, we should reflect Jesus just as a pool in the natural reflects the sun or the scenery that, that surrounds it. See, to me, one of the most beautiful pictures that you can see of the sun or the mountains or trees or any kind of landscape can be found by looking into a deep, still pool of water. In fact, I think it was the, the Biltmore that has that picture, right? Where you, there's a, They've got a picture at the Biltmore, and it's of the house, and it looks amazing. And then when you look, you realize they took the picture of the water down from the house, and it's the reflection of the house in that still pool of water. See, that's what God wants to make us. He wants to make us still deep pools that reflect His Son, that reflect Jesus. So you got a lot of people that are out there working themselves to death to try to be like Jesus, but they won't just get still in His presence and reflect Jesus. It's a, it's a lot more difficult doing it the first way. You see, what happens is that in these pools of water, uh, what God has to do with us, instead of getting the mud out, He has to get the mind out. Our mind gets in the way so much. And so He gets the mind out and He lines us these pools, which are us, he lines us with the stones of His truth. That's the renewing the mind, the stones of the truth from His Word. And then He pours in that pure water of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, then there's a depth, there's a freshness, there's a clarity which was, which was never there before. And then we're able to reflect Jesus in a way like we never were before. 
And that's what happens when we focus on ministering to the Lord. You see, ministering to the lost is important. Discipleship is extremely important. We need more of both in the church. We need it. But the church cannot continue neglecting ministering to the Lord and think that we're going to see these new great things begin to happen. It all starts with God. Worship to God should always come first. So when we try to work for God before we've worshiped God, all the service we do for Him is going to be in our own power. And it's not going to last and it's not going to accomplish much. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit in all that we do. So we spend a lot of time in the church kind of talking and having meetings, and talking about what we should do. And most of the time what happens in a lot of the meetings is you wind up to a place where everybody's saying they just don't know what to do or how to do it. Or after you've sat in the meeting long enough, you realize the guy holding the meeting don't know what to do or how to do it. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's just the meetings that I lead, but sometimes it goes that way. I don't know what to do, but we need to do this. I don't know how to do it, but this needs to get done. Well, what if instead of spending all that time that we're spending doing that, doing and doing and doing, what if we just began focusing and spending our time honoring and ministering to the one that does know what to do, the one that does know how to get it done, that does know which way to lead us and to direct us? See, as we minister to the Lord, He will direct us in things. The early church knew this. They, think about it. The early church, they knew that their first ministry was to the Lord. Now think about all the things that they did, all the, the, the uh, ministry of deliverance that was going on, of salvation that was going on, the discipleship that was going on. Yet they knew that their first ministry should be to the Lord. In Acts 13, verse 2, it says this, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Now, uh, this, I just thought of this because... As soon as you realize that you're supposed to go in ministry, you kind of want all the answers. One, because you feel like you need them because you're overwhelmed. And two, because you know everybody's going to ask you and you hate to tell people you don't have a clue. So you want these answers. And so you, what you do and what I've done and many uh, people do the, the exact same thing is you spend a lot of time praying God, asking, what you're, asking Him what you're supposed to do. Lord, what do you want me to do? God, how do I do it? You're asking all these questions, and it's the same thing. Here it is. God is, the Spirit is going to speak to them and say, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. I don't even know if they know what the work was yet. He just said, Separate them for the work I've called them to do. Uh, I don't know. I didn't read the next verse. Does he tell them what the work is in the next verse or not? I don't think so. I, don't think, they, I think they figure it out as they go. But see, we want all the answers. So we're praying, asking for the answers. They weren't asking any of that. They were just spending all their time focused on Him. That was their only focus. Not how we're going to take over the world. Not how we're going to conquer this city and that city. But because their focus was on Him, they got the answers that they really wanted in their lives. I wonder how much time I've wasted asking God what I'm supposed to do, what the answer is for this, what the answer is for that. And I'm going to be honest, most of the time I don't ever get the answer, even though I'm sitting there asking over and over again. But if I would have just spent that same time focused on Him and who He was, I wonder how quickly those answers would have come. 
See, it was as they ministered to the Lord that God spoke and he gave them his methods, he gave them his wisdom, and he gave them the power to go out and actually change the world. They didn't have to talk about it because God had given them a word. So yes, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of big decisions to be made. Things are crazy. They just are. But that doesn't change the fact that the most important thing that all of us should be doing is worshiping and ministering to the Lord. God is looking for worshipers. He's looking for you. And when we do worship, God will give us the revelation that we need to carry out His will and carry out that purpose that has us so concerned. If we try to do it on our own, it's just not going to go well. It's not going to happen. But when we begin to live lives that minister to the Lord, that's when we begin to see the miraculous. That's when we begin to live that life of revival. I know that the church is being attacked on every side. I know that the enemies are, and the opposition are all around us. Things, like I said, things are crazy. We, I, I get it. But even that should not cause us to change our focus. He should still be our focus. He should still be our desire. No matter what we face, no matter what we're going through, no matter what's going on in this world, He's worthy to receive. That's the only reason that there needs to be. It doesn't matter what we face. In fact, if we would just focus on Him, we might find that He's willing to fight our battles for us if we'll just fo uh, focus our, our attention toward ministering to Him. We see this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, Moab and Ammon and Edom, are, they've come against Judah, and King Jehoshaphat, is, he stood in the congregation of Judah, and he's asked God, what am I going to do about the battle? And God answered and said this in verse 15. He says, Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. That's a good start to an answer from God right there. And then verse 17, he says, But you'll not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. So he's told that the battle's God's, and he's told not only are you going to win, but you're not even going to have to fight. And so then at this, everyone begins to worship, and then we read this in verses 20 through 24. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in His prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising Him for His holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord calls the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies uh, from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Now I was reading this and I first started thinking about how it says that when they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused them to start fighting among each other. And 
the funny thing about it, I, I kept thinking about that. You know, it wasn't just when this happened or that. They just, as soon as they began to sing is when it began. As soon as the praise started going up, this started happening. And then I read it again and I realized they weren't even there yet. They were on their way. As it says, it says, on the way, he stopped and he said, listen to me, believe in God, stand firm, believe in the prophets and all this stuff. And then he appointed the singers and it says, and then when they started singing, giving thanks to the Lord, his faithfulness, uh, faithful love endures forever. And it says at that very moment, they began to sing that the Lord calls them to start killing each other. Now, so many times, I'm glad you all showed up. And sometimes we think that showing up is just that that's the most important thing. And it is the first step, I'll admit. Well, no, getting up is the first step. Showing up is the next step. But, but what if they're on the way? They're not even there yet. What if we got so focused on God? What if we started being so intentional with ministering to Him that what if we started the worship on the way to church instead of waiting to see if they sing a song I like or if the... You know, if the music's too loud or too fast or too slow or too low or, you know, any of, the, any of those things. What if instead of arguing with each other on the way to church, we began worshiping with one another before? What if, we, what if we got here and the presence was already here? Nothing had to be worked up. What would that be like? What if a lot of the battles that we're saying, man, I'm going to have to get them to pray about this when we get to church. I'm going to ask this person to pray or that person to pray. What if we began to worship on the way Instead of waiting till we got, they didn't wait to see the enemy defeated before they started praising and worshiping God. They started on the way there. They weren't even there yet. I wonder what would happen. See, when we put first things first, which is God and us ministering to Him and seeking Him, everything else will line up. Everything else will take care of itself. But we need to worship Him. We need to turn our hearts and affections toward Him. And I know that there's at least one or two here today that you're just like me. You hear a message like this or you read something or, or whatever, look something up on this and, and then you immediately have the thought, how am I going to do that? I don't have any time. I admit it, I have thoughts like that. I'm, I'm like everybody else. I'm not perfect. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. And, uh, you know, that when we do go to a conference, usually for every good uh, nugget I write down and say, yeah, I can do that. There's two or three where I say, I don't have time to do what that guy's talking about. But see, have you ever thought that maybe we don't have the time because our focus is on the wrong thing? Usually whatever our focus is on is what we start to have a desire for and what we have a desire for, I found at least in Americans, we're going to find a way to do it whether we have the money or not or the time or not. We're going to make it happen. See, maybe we're too busy doing things or fighting battles that God's wanting to take care of for us. That, I'm sure no one in here would mind giving up a battle, right? Tired, there's some things we've been fighting a long time. I'm tired of fighting. What if I didn't need to fight it all along? What if all the time I don't have that I thought I didn't have to worship God or to minister to the Lord, I was spending it fighting a battle He wanted to fight for me? See, maybe if we could just start ministering to the Lord, we would get to be still and rest and watch God be God and experience the miracles like we read about in the Bible. So I like to talk about the goodness of God, and I like to talk about uh, what a good father he is. I like to talk about how amazing it is to be a son and a daughter of God and have that friendship with God and have that open communication and all those things. 
about him being so approachable and him being just so good and so loving and so forgiving. And all of that is true. But sometimes when it comes to something like this, understanding the importance of ministering to the Lord, I think it would do all of us good to remember he's the God of the universe. This is the God of all creation. This is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. This is uh, the Alpha and the Omega. This is the one whose kingdom will never end. The one that if you started today talking about his goodness for all of eternity, you would just scratch the surface. If you started today talking about his power for the rest of eternity, you wouldn't even come close to anything that could even uh, describe what it's actually like. And this is the one that we get to worship, but we take it so lightly. We forget how powerful he is, how amazing he is, because we talk about just how good and kind he is, which is great. We need to. But the God of the universe has given us a great opportunity. We have the opportunity and the privilege to minister to God. But we also need to remember we have the responsibility to minister to God. It's a great opportunity, but it's a great responsibility as well. And think about this, uh, the scripture in Revelation that I read, that, so it's talking about the scene in heaven. And you got to think now that God, this is how amazing the God is that we have the opportunity and the responsibility to minister to each and every one of us. It's not somebody else's job. It's your job. It's my job. This God, when you think about it, the four living creatures are there all day, all night. And they just keep saying three words, holy, 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 over and over. The 24 elders are there. And every time they pick up their crown, guess what? They have to lay it down again and they say, you're worthy to receive honor and glory and power. Think about that. They're not doing this because they're robots. They haven't been programmed that they have to do it over and over and over again. They're doing it because every time they finish, they see another facet of his beauty. They see another component of his greatness. Every time they get the crown back up and they see how they see another level of how awesome God is, they have to lay it right back down and start over. When they say holy, 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 when they finish, when they look at him again, they see something else that they have to cry it out about. But sometimes we just we read right through that and that sounds pretty cool, but we don't realize how amazing it actually is. This is the God who chose me and you and gave us the privilege to minister to him. But we take it so lightly because somebody hurt our feelings last week and we just really wish God would make them say they're sorry. It's kind of silly when you think about it. We've got way bigger things that we've been called to than to worry about who hurt our feelings or who did us wrong. The God of all creation is wanting you to minister to him. Will you take the opportunity? Will you take the responsibility? We all want what the blessings that come from living that kind of life, but will, we, but will we live that kind of life? And also think about how amazing that is when it comes to ministering to Him by the way we minister to other people. When it comes to how we minister to Him through our giving. How many times have we shortchanged Him with the way we treated someone else? Or I guess shortchanged him literally when the offering plate came by. I don't know. Or God moved upon your heart to buy somebody's meal or to do something nice for someone. This is the God of all creation that's asking you to do that. And we just pass it off. But let the enemy come by and tell you you need to straighten somebody out. And you're just ready to step up and take that one. You're going to take one for the team because somebody needs to let them know how bad they are. 
And we all do it. We all have to fight it all the time. But a lot of times we're fighting it because our focus is on the wrong thing. It's we're not focused on ministering to the Lord. We're not focused on how amazing He is and the opportunity that we've been given. And I really feel like that if we would, there's no telling what kind of revival we would really experience. And it doesn't have to happen in a church. It doesn't have to happen even in a city, but it can happen in your life. It can be in your home. It doesn't always have to be something that involves everybody else. Why don't you just let God be real to you? Why don't you let His power flow through your life and through your family? Why don't you be the one that takes the first step and makes a difference and say, you know what, I'm going to give this much time every day and sit here and just be still in God's presence and, and let Him just be my total focus. Heather gets on to me all the time about wanting me to leave this in another room when I'm going to try and do that. And I've, I did it once in the past two weeks. I failed every other time I had it there checking stuff. It's, I know it's difficult. There are a lot of distractions. But those distractions will fade away if we will get focused and be intentional on, on ministering to Him. Father, we just thank You, Lord, Lord, for the opportunity and the responsibility to get to worship You to lift your name, God, to minister to you, God. It's such a privilege. God, we just want to honor you in all that we do, Lord. And I pray that we would all become focused on you like never before and we will be intentional with our words and with our actions and with our time, God, Lord, as we give it to you. Lord, I just pray for the needs of everyone here today, God, the sick in body or, or their mind or whatever touch they may need, God. We know that you're more than able and we just speak healing over Sylvia right now. We just pray for all this numbness to be gone, for all um, nerve sensitivity, all functioning to be completely restored in Jesus' name. Anything from this stroke to, to, be, to be healed in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it, God. Again, we just pray comfort over the, the Averett and the, the Hall family today, God. We just pray blessings upon them, Lord. And we just give you honor and glory, Lord, for all that you're doing. Lord, it's so amazing that you think of us, the way you care for us. You are so good to us, God, but at the same time, you are the God of the universe. You are the one true living God. You are amazing. Nothing compares to you, and we're so thankful to be part of your kingdom, to be part of your family. And God, we just want to honor you in all that we do, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.